You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. This is Ricey. You've been hearing my friend Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk, for years on the Radio and Garage Logic podcast. I strongly recommend you sit down with Josh for your no cost, no obligation, 48 minute consultation on your investments, including your IRA and 401k. You can benefit from Josh's years of experience navigating different market and economic conditions, and he'll always give you straight talk and not sugar coated advice. Give Josh a call. Call now at 952-925-5608 to book your no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute consultation. That's 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did, and tell him Ricey sent you. Don't forget to ask, why is it 48 minutes, Josh? Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Patrick Ricey is a paid in Always fun, crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Who did I lose? All right, Patrick Roycey, you are in Florida, spring training, so let's start there. Your your reaction with Carlos Santana, who's going to be 38 in April, being brought into the fold. Well, it's a cheaper alternative to Polanco, I guess. I don't know what the uh, object of it is. I It could be you and I kind of exchange messages on this. I'm wondering if they're uh, uncertain about Kirilov. And uh, and also somebody else brought up the idea that uh, Julian, who was your very mediocre backup first baseman a year ago, uh, is now going to be your everyday second baseman, and you're not going to have Brooks Lee up here until later, later. So, uh, or maybe not at all. So maybe it's just to have some insurance at first base, and also you'll probably start the year as the DH, huh? Unless he looks terrible this spring, and then they can use some other guys. Uh, the big, the big thing here is uh, uh, Buxton. You know, is going to start in center field, and uh, what? Who knows? You know, who, yeah. if he, I can, I can guarantee you when spring. I, I would be very surprised if when spring training games start, what the twenty fourth or something, if he's playing center field. I bet we don't see him till the middle of March, and then they're going to try to run him out there a few games, and uh, if that doesn't work. Then you know, then you you know Austin Martin or somebody's got to be your center fielder, and then uh, and then all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. Yeah, I, I'm not big on it. Santana was terrible for about the what first four months last year, and then he was a little better at the end, but he didn't have much of a year. And uh, they moved him, right? Did they Seattle move him during the season? Yeah, he, yeah, I think he finished with Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right. They moved him back. He was uh, Seattle. I mean, he's bounced Seattle. all around Milwaukee. Yeah, he's been a bunch of places. He gets a lot of walks. He's a, he's yeah. a big walker, and uh, he's you know he's he was a really good uh, really good player three four or five years ago. But I I can't get too excited about uh, bringing him in and uh, as a substitute for Polanco. Uh, I wonder if they're they're probably have to keep Kepler though, right? They got to keep. That's him what now. I think. 
Yeah. Because if uh, you know if you if you let Kepler go, then you got Larnick and Walner in the corners, and you're pretty much stuck with those two. So uh, you know they they both would have to succeed then. If I'm running the team, I do an old time uh, spring training thing. Walner versus Larnick, who's ever the best, opens the season in Minnesota. And oh, you wage an actual guy. competition. Yeah, I have some competition. We, we don't do that anymore very mm-hmm. much. It used to be a big deal. And, of course, way back when I was a beat guy and covered spring training, we would find those. We would look <laughs> desperately course. for the competitions <laughs> and then beat them to bloody death uh, constantly to uh, to uh, do that. So, uh, you know. To, to, to make it a competitive situation. And uh, I think, you know, the other thing is what? Uh, is Louis Barlin going to be your fifth starter? Uh, is, is this idea that uh, D. Scarfini, is that how it's pronounced? D. Scarfini or whatever his name is, who uh, was really good three years ago and uh, now has had uh, great uh, problems and uh, basically ended up here just because they wanted to get in. They weren't going to take Polacco's whole salary and not make you take something back is right. the, the way I feel about it. So they, they still end up giving the, the twins like 4 million or something. Right. Yes. Yes. As part of the deal. So yeah. uh, I, I think his sal his salary is 12 mil. And I think the twins are on the hook for four of that. Only four. Huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah Cause so. the giants are the, the giants who traded him uh, at the beginning of the winter are paying part of it too. So Seattle's okay. not picking yeah. up the other eight. And it's they four, made four. Uh, and and they made the uh, the the Giants made Seattle take him as part of the Robbie Ray trade because yes. they didn't they didn't want to be stuck with his twelve million and bringing in Robbie Ray for for big money. So uh, it's uh, you know it's uh, you kind of like the lineup if but then again here my theory is uh, you know the the Buxton thing is what. 25% chance of being say, successful, it's 25%, 25% chance of being successful. And even if it's successful, it's a hundred games, right? Maximum. So if he, if he starts oh, hundred games in center field, you'll have a parade, right? Yes. So, uh, so it's, uh, you know, but I, I don't blame either side. I think Buxton says, let me try to play center field. And they say, that's good because you can't be our DH. Although when Carlos Santana is going to be your option, maybe you can. I don't know. Uh, it, it, uh, I don't see much uh, hope for the Miranda character here when you bring in Santana, do you? They, they must not have much faith in him. That's my read on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. And what's your what's your thought about the starting staff, though, as far as I do think that they need and it doesn't have to be a huge name, but I think they need one more viable starter unless they're convinced that Varlin is going to be good there. Yeah, but even if Varlin's good, Chris Paddock's going to make what? Yeah, that's 22 starts if you're lucky. You know, I mean, look at his track record. I'm not saying he's going to re-injure his arm, but are you going to go from zero to 180? Or 160? Uh, no, you're not. So, right. I, I've been saying all along, the the biggest difference between the Twins this year and the Twins last year is even yeah, with Sonny Gray gone. Okay, that's fine. But none of they're not going to stay as healthy on the pitching on the starting staff as they did last year. It just <laughs> doesn't happen. So they were. 
very, I mean, they didn't have Tyler Malley, which, man, that was a great, uh, great acquisition. But uh, they didn't have him, but everybody else pitched. Everybody got, Everybody else went to the post. They shut Ober down for a couple of weeks because, not because he was hurt, but because he was just running out of gas. He'd never pitched that far in his life. So uh they're they're shorthanded uh to, to say the least but hey we got joe jackson coming in i saw that headline i said to somebody today i saw <laughs> twins re- acquire veteran reliever jackson i said they're not bringing back mike jackson are mike they? jackson for my... it's jay jackson Pat. yeah it's, it's jay, jay or joe or is it joe or it's it jay, jay? Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson. Never, never heard of him in my life. He's not a starter. But they are certainly bringing in a ton. They're they're recycling these yeah. right-handed relievers that they're bringing in. I would give anything for a left-handed starter. They to, to be a you know to be an option. But uh, I they they don't have any left-handers. They got their their best left-handed prospect was that prelip, and he's had arm surgery and might pitch the middle of the summer. So. They're, uh, yeah, it's just not going to, you know, we, we certainly had the frustrations all, you know, all almost into August last year because of the ungodly strikeouts and the inconsistency of the hitting, mm-hmm. but things aren't going to go as well. <laughs> it's just, they just don't. And you know what? Before anyone doubts you, let's remind them your recent track record of predictions of failure has been remarkably spot on. Yeah, because you said the same thing about the Vikings last <laughs> yes. year. Yes, you said yeah. the same exact thing. Good for to, good fortune will not smile on you two years in a row. <laughs> you went eleven and zero in one score games. Guess what? That's not happening again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's not. And uh, uh, yes, that's that. That is true. I get a lot of heat about bad predictions, but uh, you know, like when I say run over to St. Croix Casino and bet against the. Uh, Timberwolves in uh, in uh, Oklahoma City, and then Oklahoma City stinks it out. They beat them, but uh, poor guy lost his house because of that, probably, right? Yeah, poor guy lost his house. He's probably like homeless now. I offered to buy him a beer. What the hell? What's he complaining about? So, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But uh, yeah, and uh, and it, it was nice to see the boys come back and play a uh, professional basketball game last night. I, I don't think I don't think our guy Ant, who has the uh, maturity of uh, most eleven-year-olds, uh, had any didn't come close to any technicals last night, did he? Did somebody get to him? Yeah, no he he got teed up. Oh, he did get teed up. Again oh, he no, he night? got teed up again. Yeah, oh, yeah, he got pissed because his arm got grabbed, and it did. And they teed him up, and then uh, they called a ticky tack foul on him just uh, to, to remind just to remind him that this they're is in the charge. Works, huh? They are the most vindictive group. You have oh, yes, the, they nothing are. to gain by bitching at them, Pat. No, you're not. Well, you can occasionally, but not always, not constantly. And I agree with them on the alleged one that he threw the tantrum about after he dunked the ball. That was a ticky tack. They're not going to call that when you. 
they wait. If you somehow miss the dunk, they probably would have given you two free throws, but you got your basket. Shut up and go down to the other end of the court, you moron. But uh, he decided to make a – he now thinks he's going to get the star calls because LeBron gets gets the star calls because he complains a lot. He's 38 years old. He's played more games than anybody in the history of the league. He scored more points. You're not comparable. You're 22, and you're a immature human being. And he's proved that off the court and on the court. And your team is too, though. That That's the problem, right? Like, it's you, it's Cat. You're all seen as complaining constantly. Yes, yeah. Cat was – actually, Cat, I thought, kind of learned his lesson and was very, you know, mostly calm the first, what, 30-some games of the year. But uh, then he, then all of a sudden he was waving his arms. And all I – all I, all I would do is if I was Finchy, coach of the Western All Stars, by the way, if I was Finchy, I would show them the tape of that game they lost to Charlotte, when Cat got mugged at the end, and three guys sat there and watched it and enjoyed it and didn't call a foul and you lost the game. That's 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 what that's what took place from Cat's years of whining and throwing his arms up in the air, and they. They're, they're going to get you. And in that game, oh, yeah. it's, it's easier to get you in that game than any game uh, because ref, referees are so influential in basketball. 30% of your points or 20% of your points are earned at the free throw line. So They're they all more. Joe West, Pat. They, they they're, all Joe, they're all country <laughs> yeah. Joe West. Yeah, well, if the, the veterans that have been around, yes, they, they are. The, you know, Tony Brothers and those guys, that, that big tall guy. Ed Malloy. That, Ed Malloy, but that big tall guy who's been in the league who looked, who was standing a foot away from Cat when he got hit and didn't call it and just kind of, you know, shrugged it off when Cat was screaming at him. Yeah, take that. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to put up with it. I didn't realize. So Ant's, uh, he's heading for the, uh, the 16 game suspension here pretty soon, right? 16 T's and you, uh, yeah, I think actually a game. it's not, it's not, it's not 16. It's it's 16 T's. It's not getting a T in 16 games, and he had two the other night, right? Didn't he get two? Maybe. Yeah, I think he's at like 10 now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's around 10 T's. So, yeah, I mean, he'll get suspended for a game once I, he gets that. I, I don't know if I was uh, – I mean, he, but then he goes and gets 32, and he gets 22 in the third quarter and plays like an adult, and, uh, you know, they, they win a game they shouldn't game against a Houston team that has once in a while risen up and beaten somebody, so – it was a, you know, it was it was a good win, but and now they're going to road for four. It'll be interesting to see how they play. What are they going to do with Kyle Anderson? He's useless. He's, he's he's they love him, but yeah. I mean, last year was good. Yeah. Sure, it's just nothing. He can't he can't make a shot. I think we've seen why he's moved around quite a bit, right? Yeah, they I mean, definitely have some. They, there's no question that they have some concerning tendencies and personnel mm-hmm. problems that that's what I, I tweeted. Cause the loss on Friday to the magic was a bad loss. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted about the concerning things. And of course got back. Well, look at their record. You're a moron. Blah. I said, but the, that's not the point. Yeah. They're, they're good. But if you want to make a playoff run, they got to clean some stuff up. Yeah, they do. Now Orlando's not a bad club. They're, they're a pretty no, they're good, good club. I like them, but 
it's a game you had one and you know, let's get away. So they've they've been doing that. Uh, the league's weird. I mean, fifteen point leads go away and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Finch would like to settle things down here. But uh, you know, they, they got a they got the deadline Tuesday. They need somebody. They need another shooter. I don't know who they're going to get, but uh, you know they can't. They they're going to they they're not going to get an expensive one, but they need somebody who can shoot. They they just they just don't shoot well enough. I don't think if Cat's not making threes or getting his shots, who else do you trust out there shooting threes? They don't really have a three point shooter. Connolly makes some once in a while, and he has his games, but there's there's they really don't. They they really do need a shooter. I, I was thinking maybe Tyus is a backup point guard, but I I think the way they run it now with uh, Walker Alexander or Alexander Walker is a backup point guard. That's you know they, they, I think they need a shooter more than they need a uh, a backup point guard. Yeah, and I I saw a report. I think it was last week that the Wolves had offered the Wizards four second round picks. And Washington wants a first round pick, and the Wolves can't Wolves trade him a first Wolves round pick. Can't give you one because they're right. So they're on probation for the first rounders till two thousand thirty, right? Yep. They're giving up one in twenty nine, which means they can't give up one in thirty. The Stampion right? rule, Pat. It's the greatest rule. Ted Stampion, one yes. of the craziest owners of all time. Well, he had he, and he had a, he had a cohort there, Musty. <laughs> yes, I've told you the greatest Musty story ever several times. Sheldon Ocker, before he was a baseball writer at the Akron Beacon Journal and ended up in the Hall of Fame as a baseball writer, covered that team for the Akron paper. And Mussey gave up, and Mussey and Ted gave up, Ted uh, Richard Washington and James White, Jerome Whitehead, I believe. Yeah. He gave up two number ones for those two guys. And they were two big guys. And he played, which one, which one? Whitehead or Washington. They were out in Denver. They played the first game. He played the guy four minutes, and he said to the reporters after the game, that guy can't play for me. (laughs) (laughs) Four minutes after giving up a number one for him, and then they said, "Ah, okay, we're not going to – What? I don't know how many it ended up. They gave him some – when the guns bought the team, they gave him some back. Right? Did they? they, gave, they gave I just remember Stepien was certifiable. Oh God, he was crazy. My favorite, the favorite thing about Stepien is the fat, the slow pitch softball league. Yeah, we had a team here for a while, and the, the Goofies. We had the Goofies. Remember the Goofies? Jack Blazy was the per, left the Twins to promote. He was making some little money with the <laughs> Twins. He went to be the promoter and ticket seller for the Goofies, right? The softball okay. team. They were going to play at Midway. They played at Midway Stadium, I believe. They just put a fence, the old Midway. Not yeah. the new one. The, the, yeah, the one in the back. Yeah. The old, old one, the original one, not the one that the Saints played in. The, the original one over on the other side of Snelling where the, where the American Association team, they just put a fence in there. But uh, he ended up, stepping ended up winning owning five of the six teams in the league and the team he didn't own won the championship. <laughs> he owned five of the six teams and the the other one won the title. <laughs> Some guy in Louisville owned a team or some damn thing. It was uh, that was maybe one of the worst ideas in sports ever. 
slow pitch, pro slow pitch softball. When you have to have a limit on the number of home runs an individual can hit. Yeah. If you hit more than five home runs in an inning, then you're out. So you got to pretend you got to act. You got to try not to hit home runs. That was a good idea. So Stepien's Cavaliers traded away five consecutive first round picks covering 1982 through 1985. So there must have been a couple thereafter. The league instituted the Stepien yes. rule. Yes, and I do believe that the Guns, when they bought the team, got one one back maybe or something. They gave one at the end of a round or some damn thing like that. Yeah, it's the Stepien rule, but that's kind of the musty rule. <laughs> Yeah, because Musty, he came, he came in there and wanted to win, and he he was, well, he had the perfect owner for him because the, the owner was goofier than Bill. So, and then the Wolves, as an expansion team that should have just been okay with trying to lose as much as possible, mm-hmm. hire Musty, who's going to try and win you an NBA title in year yes, one. Yes, yes, Little E, Little E was his, he, he brought in his kid as a as an assistant the second year, and you remember what ended up getting him fired is he wouldn't play. Oh, Gerald Glass. Gerald Glass. Gerald he hated Gerald Glass. Overweight guy who was supposed to be an offensive player. He had two two first-rounders that year. The first guy played. It was the second year of the team, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Because uh, yes. Pooh was, Poo was the – he wanted Tim Hardaway, by the way, and uh, Billy McKinney wanted Pooh. So he lost that argument. He would have been right. But then the second year, they – I can't remember who was the – the other first rounder in 1990, uh, but Gerald Glass was the second number one pick, kind of a heavy guy, didn't play no any defense, and they called him up like 15 games to go in the season, 20 goes, and Stein and um, Harvey probably wasn't there because Ratner wasn't really involved. He just he just he he had the great quote that. Uh, that uh, owning the Timberwolves, Marv, uh, Marv talking about owning the Timberwolves made him a millionaire. He used to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, they called him up and called him up to the office and said, you have to play Gerald Glass. You have to start playing him because starting tonight, you have to play Gerald Glass. Once he comes back downstairs and Eric says to him, what was that about? And he says, they told me I have to play Gerald Glass. And he said, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to play the guys who give me a chance to win. <laughs> Didn't play him at all that night. Basically, then called, then brought it up post-game that he'd been told to play him. And he didn't, basically, and that was, it was over for him then. It was, he was, you oh, know. Oh, God, that's great. He defied him, but, God, he was fun. He was, uh, he was the greatest. By the way, Eric, who uh, people would like to see come up here as the replacement when it comes time for Ben Johnson, which is not going to be after this year, but uh, but uh, he's not having a good year at Arkansas. He's like 500. I think he got a bunch really? of guys hurt or something, but they're not. You know, they've been in, uh, what, they've been in the Elite Eight two years in a row, I think, and he, mm-hmm. he's done real, real well down. He won't stay down for too long, that's for sure, but... Uh, so you you sent me a text and I kind of agree with it. Uh, I, I but I try to get context on this uh, this conversation that took place after Saturday's game with Northwestern about attendance. Yeah, and Ben's quote, which was uh, if if 
if we don't have a big crowd for Michigan State, I don't know what, you know, but it was, he was kind of, he didn't bring that up. It was, it was a question that was asked and, uh, you know, it's uh, one, one thing that's pretty much driving me nuts is the idea that Williams Arena is so great when it's full. It hasn't been full since Clem went back to Kentucky and it wasn't that full after 97. We don't, it's never going to be full. This idea that, okay, Michigan State has the great reputation. This is not a great Michigan State team. It's a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And if they get eight, 9,000 people, they should have a parade. They should be happier than hell if actual that many bodies actually show up. The other part of it is people have discovered it's a hell of a lot easier to stay home and watch TV than go over there and pay 20 bucks to park and then have to walk. And if it's a winter night, you can't hang up your coat. And you're, you're not. Now, the nice thing is you're not squeezed in there anymore. So you can put this coat on the seat yeah. next to you, right? You don't, yeah, have you, to got worry about, room. you don't have to worry about the coat anymore. But uh, if they end up remodeling that place, you know what they're going to do? You know what the remodel is going to be? 10,000 seats is that what it's going to be they're going to take a lot of seats and more suites and they're not necessarily suites just more comfort for the the fans to sit i don't i don't the suites upstairs have been a failure maybe the maybe the suites come down to the front of the upper deck but right i mean how much can that upper deck support weight wise i don't know if it can support uh you know i'm not sure that's that's some old wrought iron there that's been around for a long time. I love the so. place, but I don't see how no. re- I I no. don't see how anything but starting anew makes sense. No, I don't either. I don't either. It's it's you know, take the parking. You know, if you're gonna well, let's face it, they should. We're gonna get. Well, I've said this before. We're gonna get blackmailed into helping the new owners of the Timberwolves buy a team, and have the Gophers playing there too. You know. Then, you know, then maybe have a six thousand seat arena where you can play your nothing games in with the, the women's team. And the, what they got to do is, you know, you know, the, the, the pavilion is okay for volleyball, but that's also a place with no amenities whatsoever. You, you oh, need God a, no. You need a six thousand seat arena for volleyball, women's basketball, the other, you know, wrestling, those sports. So you know. And you could play half your men's basketball if you're gonna call, if you're gonna bring in Bethune Cookman. You can play those games in there too. And that's, go. that's the thing I don't get is is okay. So th- this team is a nice story. I th- think they're now five and five in the conference. But also, why should people be expected to flock back? I mean, this yes. program has been down for so long. And yeah, they're gonna play an important game, and that's great. But like to me, this is not. This is gonna take time. Just to Listen, get fans back anywhere. I don't care where you're playing. Here's here's another problem. The average age of Gopher fans who used to fill that place is about a year younger than me. So uh, you know, the you know, some of them, uh, probably seventy five percent of them can't go to the game if they wanted to. They'd have to because the walkers don't do well going through snow. Now we don't have any snow this year, but. Uh, uh, well, the stairs know. would present a problem. Yes, that the building. stairs would present a problem. The whole thing presents a problem. Plus, you might fall down, like I've been known to it at, at, at basketball arenas. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just 
you know, as I say, my solution is two fighter jets from the Duluth Air Base come down and blow the thing up. Just two little rockets, kind of like, kind of like you're practicing for, uh, you know, to go over to Yemen or something and uh, throw a few rockets blow in there. You actually can do it with a drone now, right? You can just set a drone. Oh, sure, you can do it. Whatever. I mean, they could just go in there and knock it down the old-fashioned way. They're going to say campus is closed like the third week of June, right? If nobody's near campus, and then we send a drone in there and blow it up. And uh, that's then we. I don't think your guy Mark there. Coyle would subscribe to that. Mark Coyle, <laughs> thank God we got him locked up through 2030, right? What oh, I was worried was, about. I was real worried about his that? contract. Three hundred twenty-five thousand. In other words, you could have saved men's gymnastics by not, uh, you know, and had cash and have coins left over or tennis or whatever they got rid of. Uh, they, I know they got rid of gym, men's gymnastics and stuff. What what was the purpose of this? What's, you know, who was trying to hire him away? The, I the, never the understand the purpose of half of this crap, including the, with the, coaches. The Vermont catamounts were trying to hire him away as, uh, as the, uh, you know, the, was he going to go back to Boise? I don't know. What the hell? It's uh, it just seems like a complete waste of money. I, th- I think you have a, a temporary uh, university president who's been over there for years and is buddies with all these guys, and he probably doesn't have a better idea. But what when and when Coyle came to them and said, "I I, I want an extension," why didn't they say no? I don't know. <laughs> well, why don't, why do they, they never say no? They just say PJ, no. just say no. And then, what are you, how are you going to pay for it? He's probably going to say, well, I'm going to drop baseball. They say, oh, okay, that's a good idea. So, uh, you know, he'll end up doing something like that. Do you think when John leaves after this season that they might drop baseball? I would not say it is 100% that they won't. That's a double negative there. But uh, I, I, I don't think so. But. I'm not 100% sure. I don't trust him. You know, the, the fact that if John hadn't built Seabird Field with his own fundraising, it would be a definite. But uh, Right. And, and now the fact that the Metrodome, I mean, the Ziggy Dome, they're trying to do everything they can not to let baseball be played in there is going to make it, makes it even more expensive. Have we? Has there been a story written on that yet? Yeah, I think a couple, I think a month ago. Uh, but now... It's more, I think it's gotten more blatant that they don't want. I mean, we knew that they couldn't play in there this year, but they, they oh, want to get. They in the future, get, no. I'm they not want to get, they're, they're campaigning to have no baseball in there in the future, I heard. so. You mean the People's Stadium was a lie? The People's Stadium was a lie, yes. They're trying to get rid of baseball on a full-time basis. So I didn't uh, know that. No. But I, I don't know why the, are the Vikings, you know, what. What do they think that they can? I, I know it's not all the Vikings too. The people, the people who are that that outfit that they now have running it, which is, you know, when the prep bowls played in there, they got four people working, and uh, you know, stuff. They 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 let these people run the thing, but the Vikings don't want the them in there either. I don't know if they want special events or something that they want to get behind or something, but they're trying to get rid of baseball too. And they're not going to make any money on baseball, but you knew that when you called it right. the people's stadium, you knew that. So, right. 
Well, I mean, they probably thought, you know what? They'll, they'll quit eventually, and now they're trying to get them to quit. Hey, what, what's your favorite place if you are in the market for a car, Patrick Royce? I will always go, at least for the last 12 to 15 years, to uh, Jim and Brett Paul's Valley Group of GM dealers. They have a wonderful selection of Buick SUVs and sedans. There are sedans. People, you can still get a great deal on a sedan. They also have the trucks, uh, the smaller truck, the uh, Buick truck, and then they got the... uh, the, uh, I mean, the uh, Colorado, they have the GMC one, but or the Chevrolet one, and then they also have the uh, Sierra, which uh, my truck owners have told me it's a fine machine. Interest rates are low, and uh, the price, uh, the stickers on the cars are down a little bit from what they have been the last few years. So there's no reason not to go now if you're trying to um, get, if you're thinking about a vehicle for the kid. The kid's graduating from high school pretty soon. Time for him to get a vehicle. And uh, Apple Valley and Hastings, the Jim Paul, Brett Paul Valley group of GM dealers. I wouldn't keep buying my cars there if I didn't trust these fellas. This is absolutely true. Yes. What else you got down there in Florida? Uh, well, you know what? I, uh, I, I did that column on, uh, for Saturday on, uh, Tim Kevin Allenspach's book on, uh, the 1990, 91, uh, North stars, which was a miraculous season. Uh, one thing I forgot five days later, we had five days after they were eliminated and it could have been three days after they were eliminated. If there'd been a game seven played in Pittsburgh, we had the dispersal expansion draft with the uh, with San Jose. Yeah, and the was it? Do, are we blade? Do we figure Louis came up with that concoction of dis- no. dividing talent, or did somebody else? No, I no, I think the guns did. Yeah. Well, I was looking up the guys they kept. You know, the yep. guys they stole from us. Yep. Not that impressive of a group. No, I, mean, I think Zimolik, I think the big they, loss they took Zamolik, and uh, he was going to be uh, they thought a great and Wilkinson, and Wilkinson, he, yes, they did. He was the big loss. Yeah, he was because he'd become a, he'd come into his own as a you know he he had a big part in the in the run to the Stanley Cup Finals. He started playing like crazy, and he was chummy with Sodmore. Sodmore was uh, you know because Neil had had a drinking problem and yeah. Glenn was helping him out with that. And uh, really a nice kid. I remember talking to him, but uh, that was, uh, yeah, <laughs> what a league it was back then, man. It's incredible. It's just I forgot. I forgot because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the book on Saturday. There are so many little things I forgot about, about oh, how yeah. weird the whole thing was. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I ran across a column. I couldn't get anything, but I was writing about how Norm said there weren't going to be discounted tickets. He said emphatically, there weren't going to be discounted tickets. We're going to sell you better get your tickets now. And then he went to a Timberwolves game and 20 minutes later, he changed everything. He could get in for very little money. I'm going to give you a cash. I'm going to have cheerleaders running up and down the aisle. The guns papered the house. The guns gave, yeah. the guns would go anywhere and say, just take all these tickets. Yes. Yeah. And so, but Norm came in and none of that stuff. We're going to be, this could be a, you know, if you, we're going to, we got this $28 section. We're going to sell that out. No discounts. 
10 minutes later, he's giving away cash. And uh, what I didn't, what I'd forgotten, Judd, was they had the drawing for the cash pot. Like, what was it? 10,000 every game or something? Yeah. The cash pot. If it was an empty seat that was pulled, then it carried over to the next game. And they, the first night that he had stars bucks or whatever it was, they had 5,300 people there, which means they had 9,500 empty seats. So they, yeah, I don't know if anybody ever got the, got the payoff or not, but it was the, the drive was, it was, how would it be like to work for him? It must've just been. Oh God. The story sound awful. Just, yeah. Just, just been unbelievable. Well, he, yeah. the, the best part is your, your guy, Howard Baldwin and Bellsburg buy yeah. the team. Yeah. They get Norm they, to invest, and Norm says, "Okay, I'll be the governor, but I'm staying in Calgary. I'm not going to come yeah, in there. Yeah, you I'm run not the doing t- anything." Like a month later, he's like, "I'm moving to Minneapolis," and Baldwin's yeah, like, "I quit." Well, here's what's amazing: the price was thirty-one mil, and Baldwin and Bellsburg couldn't come up with it without Norm. I know one mil, and they were going to buy the San Jose expansion. How were they going to get the expansion team? Was my question because yeah. they they flipped with the guns. Yeah, that was. Oh, uh, I thought the guns were the first ones to bring up San Jose. Were they? Well, no. There, there was a plan George, to expand there, and Bellsburg was in with that group. Oh, George wanted to move, and Gordon didn't care. I don't think, but yes. George, George wanted to move because he liked the lifestyle out there, and uh, it was uh, thirty-one million, and they have to go to Norm. And how did Norm maneuver to take over the whole thing? Did they just go away because they needed his money or what? Well, he was so crazy that I, I think he, he told he told Baldwin like a month or two in, I'm moving there. And they worked t- together for like a week, and Baldwin said, yeah. I quit. Yes. Just buy the rest of the team from me. Well, Baldwin was goofy, too. He and Karen were going to change the uniforms and do, you know, remember Karen had the old uni ideas. and How are the hairdo? And how he ended up getting Pittsburgh, I don't have any idea. They were they were good and bankrupt. Right? And he had owned Hartford before that. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he also produced a bunch of films. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he did. And uh, who was the... Uh, who was the guy coming to town that was going to buy a franchise? Armata, Armata, was he in on it originally? Armitage, remember that guy? Oh, yeah, Vasily, whatever. Yeah, he was he was Howard's partner, I think. On producing oh, no. all these all these crackpot, you know, cheap movies, you know. So the NHL, though, at that point, was oh, such God. a crackerjack <laughs> league, man. Yeah, I mean, you you look back and people want to badmouth Batman. They should have parades for Batman, considering what the league was when he came in and where they are now. John Ziegler, the president, yeah. not the commissioner, he was the president. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he had the personality of a wall, too, right? So, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, it was it was fantastic that nobody nobody in town came up with thirty one million. I know, know Harvey. My guy Harvey was trying to put together a group, and yep. he couldn't get he couldn't get them to invest in hockey. Yep. Harvey Harvey was going to come in and save us. Hell, what's his the guy who owned the Thunderbird? Uh, Wallace uh, Rodney Wallace, who yep. I knew. I knew Rodney. He was he was like going to be the main investor. Rodney didn't have that much money, you know. So it was, 
It was uh, it was an amazing uh, yeah. It's uh, Alan's boxing book is really uh, thorough and long, but uh, it's uh, certainly because uh, and he also contacted a lot of guys after the you know for about what ha- what happened to them after the season was over. And there's some compelling stories there. But that season is. I, I was trying to think: is there an equivalent? I think baseball wise, it would be eighty four. Right, the the equivalent of ninety ninety one would be eighty four when mm-hmm. Carl was buying the team from Calvin, and uh, you know we had the ticket buyout, and and that was one reason we had Harvey getting in on the action because he ran right. the ticket buyout in eighty four, keep the North Stars here. I don't know if there's a ever been a crazy Viking season like that, has there? You know, I I couldn't, rem- I can't, I not can't like that. Now. But it is. Uh, it, it was a, an amazing, uh, amazing season. But Norm's as goofy as you can get, right? There's, oh, there's God. been no one who's owned a team in this town. No. that that goofy. And and Carrie Dietzik, uh, who uh, by the way, just uh, she she because of her return of cancer had to give up her political uh, situation over yeah. to Capital. But she was wasn't that the gal that uh, ended up going to sue finally sued him? Yeah, you know, yes. and kind of revealed that. You know, everyone who worked for him needed tennis shoes. He was crazy over there. Uh, you know, all of, with all the women. He, uh, I'd forgotten too that uh, he'd fired Joni Preston, and then had to rehire her three days later because there was nobody who knew how to do notes or anything for the NHL games. There was well, he he gave the, the job to Patty Conley Reed, who, who no. is ma- married to Tom, and fired her after like three days. Yes. He said. Your first impression, I can tell if I like you or not, and I don't like you, and fired yeah. her, and then brought back Joni. Yeah, and uh, and then he, but he also had a had a gal named Waddell or something who ended Elaine up Waddell. Getting, yep, she was another and, one. Yep, and she ended up getting hit in the head. With a, she was out playing golf on a nice spring day during the finals and got hit in the eye. Remember that? Yep. And she basically was blinded for weeks and couldn't work, and it was the all timer. Nothing will top though building his own his own bunker press box before Game Six because he didn't want to he didn't want the media sitting in those seats that he could charge a hundred bucks for or eighty bucks or something. It was uh, we talked about this the other day, but it was just a what a circus. It was amazing. I mean, they are you have your low moments with the current operation right. of the. Uh, by the way, I was looking up Doug Zamolik today, and he was the, uh, you know, they lost to Jefferson 5-4 uh, to four in overtime in 89 in a great final. Zamolik yep. had two goals. And uh, uh, he was uh, on, on, that, on that team, but uh, he ended up being the Sharks. He ended up being the North Stars' seventh-round draft. Seven number seven overall yep. pick, and then yeah. went went to the Sharks. But Bill Guerin was number five pick in that draft, and the and the highest uh, American in that draft. He was he was drafted uh, fifth uh, out of uh, Springfield. He's from somewhere in New England, right? Yeah, Massachusetts. Or yeah, yeah. Get Zmolik went. I that was the draft that was at Met Center, and I remember mm-hmm. Zmolik was taken, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" Because mm-hmm. like he, I don't think there was any buzz about that. But he he's had two well, or three sons go, go on and play like at Mankato. 
Yes. A couple yeah, college he's, he's Duluth, a, maybe? Uh, oh, he was a hell of a high school player. Oof, yeah. He was, he was Big. Perfect. And J.M. was, you know, I don't. I think I think J.M. now has a merged hockey program with the Catholic school or something like that. It's like Not, Jefferson, Pat. Yes. That's yeah, a small Jefferson. school now, comparatively. Yeah. And that was a hockey power. Demographics have changed, ladies and gentlemen. So Well, yeah, because, you know, at, at the time, Woodbury was probably nothing. No. Lakeville Woodbury. had one high school, and they weren't good in hockey. No. Woodbury in 93 had 22,000 residents. They now have 70. That's one reason the uh, wild draws so well, I mm-hmm. would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. All right. Uh, we will uh, do this again tomorrow in some form, right? We will indeed. So, See you, Patrick. Okay. All Bye-bye. Right.